Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. You would think that given the crises that the country is going through right now, the regime, the Biden administration, and the ruling elites would be focused on things like helping people afford the price of groceries, of gas, dealing with the inflation that is destroying any wage growth that's been out there in the last year or so, and making everything less affordable for people these days. On top of that, you have a housing market that's looking to go pretty cold here soon, considering how high rates on mortgages are going. There's a lot of day-to-day problems. Kitchen table, financial checkbook kind of problems that the Biden administration could be tackling. But what is the focus of the elites? What does the regime actually look at? Well, where are they spending their time and energy? We'll look at that in just a moment. First off, I just want to say, if you look at the price of gas right now, $4.98 $4.98 price of gas today. So still near the all-time high. And something that's important to remember about this is that gas isn't just about what goes into your car to make it run. Gas also involves the 
transport of all of the goods that you are buying in stores. And in fact, in the production of many goods themselves, petroleum is in a whole lot of things, plastics, all kinds of different uh, consumer products out there, which is all getting more expensive because the price of gas is more expensive. So people have less money, they have less ability to pay for these things. And if you look at the jump over the last, I mean, here's a chart showing the 12-month percentage change in major categories. All items are up 8.6%. Food is up 10%. And energy is up 34.6%. So massive energy inflation underway right now, or rather the price of energy going up. And that is also affecting the overall economic picture in ways that we can all see. So they told us last summer, inflation is not really a problem. Don't worry about it. It's transitory. Now we know it's a very big problem. In fact, it may be the primary issue that kicks the Democrats out of power uh, for the midterm election. So that's one component of all of this. And there's also, how can we trust these people now to actually get the job done? What makes anyone think the same individuals that were so wrong about inflation will be able to uh, forestall or perhaps even avert entirely a recession? Here's Joe Biden, for example, dismissing a reporter who asked about the recession situation. Watch this. I promise. Not the majority of them aren't saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? Now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was a joke. joke. But all kidding aside, no, I don't think it is. What what, what is this this thing that Biden does where he goes, a majority are not saying that? A majority of who? And how would he know? I mean, it's absurd the way that this guy gets away with saying things that no honest person could think would actually be true, but he just simply doesn't care. It doesn't matter to him. What matters to Joe Biden is that he has a talking point to deploy to try and defray at some level the absurdity of his administration's uh, culpability in all this, to try to keep people from thinking that Joe Biden is beyond, his administration is beyond repair and his cognition is without a doubt in decline. So there's no real hope that they're gonna be able to fix the economy anytime. No one actually thinks that's gonna happen. Let's say fix the economy, just stop making things worse. I mean, that would be a worthwhile goal for these Democrats to get out of the way and to lessen the regulations and the desire for taxation. In fact, uh, over the weekend on CBS, Margaret Brennan, who's an establishment journo, asked a question of one of Biden's advisors, and he started talking about raising taxes. She said, that's not even gonna that's not going to help with the price of milk. I mean, that's that's not something that people that are struggling right now, a tax raise on anyone, oh, it's just on the rich, isn't going to help people who are struggling. But is helping the people who are struggling really what this is all about? Because on the one hand, all this economic pain that is unfolding before us seems to be directly tied to very bad decisions that Democrats made. But beyond that, you also see how much focus there still is on the COVID issue and their priorities with regard to vaccinating children. Here is the uh, CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, who is announcing, and this is a gleeful point for psychotic libs, announcing that vaccines are available for six months, uh, six months to five-year-olds. Watch. COVID-19 vaccines are now available for children under five. 
With this recent authorization from FDA and recommendation from CDC, nearly 20 million children are now able to get vaccinated against COVID-19. I know many parents with very young children have been anticipating this day. We now know, based on rigorous scientific review, that the vaccines available here in the United States can be used safely and effectively in children under five. Vaccinating young children is a critical opportunity to protect them against hospitalization and death from COVID-19. Prevent death from COVID-19? How many children have died under the age of five from COVID-19? Rochelle Walensky doesn't really want to answer that because the number is so small that statistically you say it is like trying to prevent a lightning strike, but they want a three-dose vaccine regimen for these kids Despite the fact that the efficacy, even by their own numbers, the data they're using is not high at all. Moderna vaccine was shown to be 51% effective in preventing illness in children between six months and two years old, according to the Washington Post, and 37% effective in children two years old to five years old. So what's going to happen soon here is you're going to see in the blue states, blue areas, there's going to be mandatory vaccination. Uh, of very small children who, even if they got, by the way, 75% of them, this is a CDC number, have already gotten COVID. Uh, they're going to push the vaccine that is less than 40% effective on all these kids. Why? Because this is what the regime wants. This is their emotional impulse. They, they have to do this to protect the children. Um, these are the kind of things they focus on. Oh, and also banning uh, conversion therapy. This White House has, has the time for that. This is from Politico. President Joe Biden on Wednesday will order his health agency to begin effort to ban conversion therapy and expand, expand access to gender-affirming treatment after a slew of state attempts to limit transgender health care, particularly for children. Interesting, I would say gender-affirming. Isn't one actually gender-denying or gender-changing, gender at least? But no, they call it gender-affirming now. A transition is actually a return to what was always there. That's what they want you to believe. Notice the manipulation through language. This is what they do all the time. So while the country is suffering economically, Biden White House still pushing forward with vaccines for kids that they don't need, with uh, transgender ideology for young children, and then also, of course, the climate change lunacy from people like John Kerry, here is the climate czar saying, you know, we really need to reinforce those green products. Uh, we need as a society to be uh, reinforcing in the marketplace the choices that will come from green products and from green production schedules on industry. We have to make green steel. We're doing that now. That's just, it's amazing, isn't it? That's all we have on this for right now, except we got our friend David Marcus coming up next to talk about the effort to vaccinate our kids. We'll be back in just a few. Uh, first, I want to talk to you about protecting your online data. A lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed, but we know that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. It's spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communications based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms. Privacy is a big issue now. Without real security, people can read your emails, your messages, even your bank information. Secure will never mine your data, never ask for your phone number. 
You can send emails to your doctor, banker, lawyer, or anyone else with total confidence you're not being spied on. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. Costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R.com. And use promo code BUCK for 25% off. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. Support for my podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with its exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 includes a ton of men's grooming products like the Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a bunch of other great men's hygiene products you never knew you needed, plus a travel bag to hold it all. The Lawn Mower Trimmer is the best. It's got a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, and it's waterproof so no more messes on the bathroom floor. You'll also get the waterproof Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer with proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in all those delicate areas. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BUCK to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools with Manscaped. They still want to get all the kids vaxxed. We know that much because of how excited they get at the recent announcement that six-month-old to five-year-olds now can get the Pfizer or Moderna three-dose vaccine regimen. And this is appalling on many levels. I mean, for one thing, they're going to make this mandatory in a lot of blue cities for schools, almost certainly. They've already made it mandatory for a lot of summer camps all over the country. So forcing kids to get shots that they clearly, by the numbers, do not need. But nonetheless, the regime wants what it wants. David Marcus, New York Post columnist, joins us now. David, good to see you. Hey, no, but what's with wanting to get all the kids the shots, man? When are they gonna When are they gonna realize this is this is crazy? I, when these when these COVID stories pop up now, the way it feels to me is like if if you ever go a while without wearing a suit, uh, and then you wear it and you're out and you reach in the pocket and you know you pull out like a ticket stub and you, from four months ago and you go oh, I forgot that I went to this thing. This is this is how these stories feel to me now. Um, like this is over, guys, and and we certainly don't need some gigantic rush and push from the government to get these shots in these kids' arms. If there's parents, as CNN claims, who are super excited about this, and the New York Times claims, by all means, go talk to your pediatrician, it's your kid. Um, but the idea that the government is foisting, as you say, a, a, a pretty needless vaccine on these kids, uh, it's troubling, and it is just regime power. I mean, when I also saw a story um, recently, I thought to myself, this is straight out of the just give it time. It'll go from conspiracy theory to fact uh, list that we could have or the playbook, perhaps. And that is the uh, there is now do you see this a study that comes in from the National Institute of Health acknowledging that covid vaccines are linked to an increase in the menstrual cycle length of women. And also covid-19 vaccination was shown to temporarily impair semen concentration 
and total motile sperm count among semen donors. So it does actually mess with your fertility systems, male and female. I remember when saying something like that would get you kicked off social media and you were a hateful person who just wanted grandma to die. Were these male um, semen donors or female semen donors, Buck? I, I, I was I, making I mean, an assumption there, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you really, I mean, you really shouldn't, right? Um, no, I mean that's these. these I, I say that because these are, are two concepts equally based in science. Um, no, it's it's it, it is absurd and it is troubling, and and especially you know just coming back to the kids for a second. Last year, the argument with the kids was. Well, they're pretty safe, but you have to get them a shot for grandma and grandpa and all of the, you know, Taylor Lorenz and all of the the the, the people at, at high risk. That's gone now, right? That that's nonsense. This really does just have to be a personal choice. And as you point out, look, I, of of course, of course, we're going to find out that there were more and more side effects and things we didn't expect. That's just that's just life. I mean, that's Operation Warp Speed was wonderful. And needed, and and a great job by President Trump. But you, there's a reason that vaccines usually take as long as they usually take. Yeah, and if you said that at the time, by the way, because I remember because I was saying it, everyone <laughs> shouted at you and said, "How dare you?" And this is genius, and we're going to beat this thing if we only take the virus seriously and follow the science, and we know what works. And I mean, David, my sense of of humanity, at least in, in the context of America, but my, my sense of the, the masses willingness to go along with sheer bullcrap. If certain people from powerful positions say it enough times, I, I can never forget all the stupid things that people not only were willing to do then, but still kind of walk around like, uh, like zombies acting like it was the right thing to do all along, even though we know it clearly wasn't. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is shocking and troubling. I, I do in part blame the internet for, for two reasons. One, it, it, it really did succeed in siloing information where only one side's information was able to get out there, right, through censorship. The other, though, is that I don't think we could have locked down 20 years ago. I don't think without Zoom, I don't think without all of these technological advancements, you know, that, that where the internet allowed everyone to work remotely, that that even would have been feasible. Um, and, and I think those are things that Americans should think about because we are kind of getting pushed into these little autonomous zones where we just look at our screens and it's kind of a scary way to live. David, here is uh, Fauci this past weekend talking about masking up indoors still, watch. Hopefully, the more people that get vaccinated and boosted and the more people that realize the importance of when you have a high level of viral dynamics, that when you're in an indoor setting, you should wear a mask, even though the whole world, including the United States and the UK, are just worn out and tired by this outbreak. It isn't over yet. People need to realize it is never going to go back to zero. That's not the nature of this virus. I mean, he's telling basically people that want to really believe the science forever mask. It's forever now. And this guy's like five minutes away from saying if you're going to have an open casket funeral, make sure that the you know deceased is wearing a mask. I mean, you know, that, that yeah. that's about 
that's about where we are here, you know, because symbolically that will encourage others to or something. Like it's always hopefully with this guy. Well, we, we don't know, you know, ho- hopefully someday we'll all be able to like, you know, go do normal things again. I, I, I really hope we're done with him. I, I really think it's time for him to retire with his millions and millions of dollars and, and just, you know, go wherever he wants to go. I, I mean, I just think he should be fired. I mean, I think that Fauci deserves whatever public humiliation that can be offered by people who are in a position of authority to fire. Obviously, Biden will never do that. They'll worship this clown right. because of the political ramifications for them of admitting that he was wrong all along. But I think the damage that's been done, I mean, David, there will be, there will be parents who are, and you and I both know this, and you, know, you live in, in parts of New York where this stuff, I'm sure, is really common. There'll be parents who will come out and they'll be showing photos of their little kid, you know, three-year-old getting vaccinated, two-year-olds getting vaccinated and say, now I can finally take my child to the park because they're safe. Like maniacs. And they think that they're heroes for doing this. They're, they're engaged in child abuse, actually. I, the, the, those people exist. I mean, look, it took a lot longer than you and I wanted, but I think those people are in the minority now. Uh, it, it, it's an angry, loud minority. Um, and like I said, it, it, it took way too long. But look, people are going to make their own choices. But I think for the vast majority of Americans, there's no great rush to go get your six-month-old vaccinated for COVID. And I think that's just the, the simple fact of the matter. Certainly hope not. David Marcus, always good to see you, sir. You too, Buck. All right, coming up, the international body that regulates aquatic competition for women has some new guidelines about whether trans women can compete against women in aquatic sports. We'll discuss with TNLO in a moment. Let's talk about protecting your home for a minute. You know that I'm skeptical by nature, so when I first heard about home title theft and the idea that thieves can literally steal your home, I was like, really? Can some cyber criminal really forge my name off the title of my home and take over as the new owner? Turns out, yeah, he can. It's not as rare as you'd think. According to the FBI, this crime is growing faster than credit card fraud, and you're not covered by homeowner insurance or common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock earned my trust. Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone tampering with their home's title, they mobilize to help shut it down. So here's what I urge you to do. Number one, go to HomeTitleLock.com and read the testimonials from FBI agents and government officials. Number two, register your home address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. When you protect your home, tell them Buck Sexton sent you to get my listener discount. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. It is a policy that we need to introduce in order to protect the competitive fairness of our, of our event. President of FINA, the organization that oversees international aquatic sports competition, after the announcement that they would no longer allow those who had gone through puberty as males to compete against women in aquatic sports. Anyone who transitioned before puberty, however, it seems under this policy, may in fact be allowed. ESPN, in an article, wrote that swimming's world-governing body, FINA, voted to restrict the participation on Sunday of transgender athletes in elite women's competitions and create a working group to establish an open category for them in some events as part of its new policy. Joining me now is commentary writer at the Washington Examiner, Tina Lowe. Tina, good to see you. Hi, Buck. So what's your initial reaction to this uh, this policy? Step in the right direction? 
obviously a step in the right direction, but one telling that it did come from an international body, um, one that's not, you know, beholden to the same special interests that have sort of taken American into a lesser extent, your uh, British politics by storm. You know, you've seen the same debate play out across the pond with regards to do we have all liberal politics power to the transgender lobby? And globally, no, you're not going to have that same energy because I think for a lot of people, even more, you know, left-leaning other European countries see that this is fundamentally about fairness. If it weren't about fairness, the number one places we're pushing back wouldn't be women's sports, which is about equality and safety, especially when it comes to direct contact sports, and also things like do we house transgender women in biological women's prisons? So yeah, this is good that it's coming from, from an international organization, but telling that American organizations aren't the ones to start this. And so what, as we understand it, the policy would mean that you could compete if you were, say, transgender, but had become, you had done your transition in a prepubescent stage, is that is that what the is that what seems to be the categorizations that are set up by this? So yes, yeah, so they're clearly trying to toe a line where they won't be accused of transphobia because the main concern with puberty isn't just the presence of hormones, right? Because Leah Thomas has been on transitional hormones for a few years. It's also about things like bone density and bone size. Those are things that happen during puberty. And they're effectively irreversible. You know, there are some, some statistics of, of transgender adults winding up with, with, you know, chronic conditions like osteoporosis or like diabetes as a result of those transitional hormones. But still, any, ma- or any cisgendered or biological man who has gone through male puberty, even if they are on those female-affirming hormones, I think that's the correct language, will still have the increased male bone density. And so by saying that it's either Tanner stage two or age 12, whichever comes later, they're obviously trying to create a carve out, one that probably won't mean much in practice, because luckily, most doctors do not allow um, children to start transitioning medically from age 12. Hopefully it stays that way. But they're clearly trying to have their all their bases covered so that they can't just be accused of just blanket transphobia. But the fact is, when we're talking about the realities of biological sex in something that is supposed to be an objective competition like athletics, there's really no way of, of dividing between these two. Do you think that this is going to result in other organizations changing uh, their policies. I mean, here's a statement for Aust- from Australian Olympic gold medalist Kate Campbell, who spoke in support of the FINA ruling. She said, we see you, value and accept you. My role, however, is to stand up here, having asked our world governing body, FINA, to investigate, deliberate and uphold the cornerstone of fairness in elite women's competition. Seems a little bit like they're saying, you're definitely a woman if you're a trans woman. But you also definitely have an advantage if you are a trans woman against biological women in swimming, which I do think raises the question, are they really a woman? No, and they're not going to want to grapple with the philosophical, you know, cognitive dissonances that I think the rest of us see is all there and that these things should be more 
open areas for discourse rather than settled facts, because that's not the way that, that this question has ever been approached, right? Acting as though there's any absolute one direction or the other. But I'm still choosing to find the promise in this because the fact remains that it, it will be up to, you know, these mainstays of each individual sport. Like, for instance, in tennis, you do have Martina Navagrola, someone who's very important to the legacy of the sport, saying that, no, it is not fair to have a, a biological male who prevents his female competing against a biological women because the two sexes and the two genders are physiologically created differently. It does require the people with the most power to say it. It's And it's, sports have always been like this. And it's why it was such a show of strength when you had top global tennis players like Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams speaking out over the disappearance of Peng Shui in China versus the absolute craven behavior that we see from the NBA and the NFL. You know, you've taught people like LeBron who refused to ever call out anything except for if it's something sexy and good, like defund the police. So, by the way, athlete, this, athlete allies. Athlete Allies, an organization that fights to include trans athletes in sports, and tweeted out Tina's new eligibility criteria for transgender athletes and athletes with intersex variations is discriminatory, harmful, unscientific, and not in line with the 2021 IOC principles. If we truly want to protect women's sports, we must include all women. So, I mean, there are organizations that are saying these are women just like any other women, and it is bigoted to pretend otherwise. Like there, there are, there are full on fantasy land people out there. Yeah, I mean, this is a hill that the ACLU and the human rights campaign have been dying on for years, even though, I mean, you can correct me on the exact time, but if I recall correctly, Buck, it was not even a decade ago that women were taken out of competition if they did, you know, genetic or hormonal testing and they were found to have too much testosterone present and they weren't even clinically diagnosed as intersex, right? You have female competitors who have been disqualified because they have the presence of too much male hormone. So, and that was, again, in my living memory, and I'm not that old. So we are, you have a radical group of activists trying to reinvent the wheel with regards to science, things that are verifiable facts, and not doing so about who can play in the peewee league against, you know, your four-year-old but who is eligible for Olympic medals? Who is eligible for NCAA scholarships that wind up becoming massive opportunities for educational gender equality? That's what they're trying to dictate. And I think that they might've gone a little bit too far. I think if you don't have Leah Thomas seen as an actual contender for the next round of Olympic games, for the 2024 Olympic games, I don't know if you have this declaration. So maybe it's just they overshot their hand and now there has to be a pushback. And you and I should see this is a good thing, even if it is couched in a little more liberal, squishy language of inclusivity. Whatever gets the job done, whatever reflects the most truth and science, that is what's best. Dana, always appreciate seeing you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Buck. All right, coming up, does the left actually want to use the government to censor speech online more than we had ever anticipated before? Our friend Ben Weingarten from Real Clear Investigations is going to join to answer that question. Stick around. 
Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. It's going to pause. There's been a mischaracterations from outside, uh, outside forces. And so now what we're going to do is going to, we're going to pause it and we're going to do an assessment. But the work, does, the work doesn't stop. We're still going to continue the work. The DHS is still going to continue the work. So they told us just last month that they were going to stop the Disinformation Governance Board, the DGB, because it sounded like a ministry of truth and that freaks people out, understandably. So, yeah, they decided that that wasn't going to fly. But then it seems that they still had the urge to police speech online using government resources. So maybe now they're trying to be more clever about it because there's some talk of a 2.0 disinformation governance board effort. What's really going on here? Let's talk to our friend Ben Weingarten, deputy editor of investigations at Real Clear Investigations. Ben, what's up, man? How's it going, Buck? Always a pleasure. Always fun to talk about these uh, fantastic topics like our government being as Orwellian as it possibly can be. Yeah, I mean, here is just the announcement of this new White House task force that sounds to some people like DGB 2.0. The president signed a presidential memorandum officially establishing this task force, advancing the Biden-Harris administration's commitment to prevent and address all forms of gender-based violence wherever it occurs. This task force will address the pervasive problem of online harassment and abuse, which disproportionately targets women, girls, and LGBTQI plus people. LGBTQI plus people, um, I, that, that was the longest version of the acronym I've ever heard. But as an aside, or rather back to topic at hand from the aside, what are they talking about? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about this, well, two things. One, when they say gender-based violence, what they mean is rhetoric that challenges the radical sexual identity agenda or gender identity agenda that the left is pushing full bore with and that this administration in particular is incredibly aggressive with in terms of promoting quote unquote gender affirming care, including for minors. And they're pushing back on states via the DOJ, threatening them to the extent states step in and say, wait a minute, this is a little bit crazy for children to be potentially mutilating themselves uh, above and beyond the wishes of their parents and when they're obviously under 18. But setting that aside, so one thing is gender-based violence, but they're talking about speech and they equate speech with violence here, but then they're perfectly okay with actual violence out on the streets when it's in service of their agenda. The second aspect of this is, this is about silencing the likes of libs of TikTok and anyone else who dares hold up a mirror to what the left actually believes on these issues with taxpayer funded drag queen story hour at your local school or in your public library and the like. This is absolutely just a, a cudgel, just a means to get into 
policing speech that frankly already the social media platforms are policing. I mean, they silence everyone and their mother when it comes to quote unquote misgendering someone. If you call Rachel Levine a man on Twitter, you're, li you're liable to get banned. So that's what I see this task force as being just another incarnation of is let's find another way to silence people on a subject who don't go along with our chosen narrative. Ben, in your piece on Real Clear Investigations, you wrote the memo called for DHS to respond to disinformation in areas where there are clear objective facts, such as um, medical evidence regarding COVID and factual information about election administration and security. So basically, you've got free speech as long as it doesn't coincide with the most important and contentious topics of national debate at any given time that Democrats want to dominate, right? In, in a nutshell, yes. And of course, when you're talking about elections, the way that the courts have looked at this, and I think it's the right way to look at it, it's the way the founders looked at it, is that political speech is the core of protected speech. And what you're quoting from there are some of the planning the documents piece, around, yes. no, no problem at all, around the DGB that Senators Grassley and Hawley obtained from a whistleblower. And of course, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas of DHS talked about the fact that, you know, the DGB isn't focused on domestic issues and uh, domestic dissenting voices. It only cares about quote unquote irregular migration and Russian disinformation on the eve of the elections. But actually, in fact, in the very planning documents, the very memo that served as the basis of the recommendation to create the DGB, the first things they list under dangerous misinformation to the homeland are of course on election integrity and COVID-19. And this shouldn't surprise anyone, by the way, that there was a an explicitly domestic focus here. Because for months now, we've seen, as we've talked about before, these threat bulletins put out by the Department of Homeland Security talking about the fact that dangerous misinformation, particularly around what else but COVID-19 and election integrity, contributes to the heightened threat environment to the homeland. All along, the entire narrative that they've been putting forth since really before January 6, 2021, is that if you dare dissent on any issue that we consider to be important to cement our power, we are going to treat you, we're gonna say you're a threat to the homeland. In reality, we're gonna treat you as a threat to our regime, our power, our narrative, and go after you. And that's how you end up with this same regime targeting parents like terrorists. So what is the role of social media companies going to be in this newly imagined DGB 2.0 world? And what do they expect the social media companies to do? I mean, aren't they already doing it? Yeah, you know, there's there's an interesting aspect of this, which is that social media companies of their own volition already would go out there and be censoring people, I think, on all manner of topics. Partially, this goes back, of course, to the fact that they let the horror of all horrors happen. They take it as they're being culpable for Trump getting elected in 2016. Like it was social media companies' fault for allowing the bad orange men to use their platforms and rise to power. Also, of course, the Democrat Party is in large part in hoc to big tech, which is of course in Silicon Valley primarily. So that would explain in part why they take these positions. Uh, but there's a push and pull here, and that is that the regime itself gives them an excuse to do the censorship they probably already like to do. 
by saying you need to police your platforms because this poses a threat to the homeland, whatever we say at a given time poses a threat. And what these documents show is that in spite of the fact that the administration tries to wash its hands of its control over social media, there's a planning memo for a meeting between DHS officials and Twitter executives talking about, in the words of the document, operationalizing the relationship between DHS and Twitter. Of course, we already see that the relationships operationalized, but once again, Mayorkas himself said, this is not an operational entity, it's just a, it's just a board. They just discuss things and coordinate some activities, no operations. Well, no, in fact, it was precisely planning to help police, police speech by deputizing a big tech platform. And of course, the administration's been doing this for months, using the bully pulpit and threatening. And basically, you've had Jen Psaki saying, if one platform deplatforms someone, all ought to deplatform someone. The Surgeon General comes out, he says, you have to police COVID wrong think. Uh, we now see, of course, the, the climate czar talking about the fact that you have to curb speech that, that conflicts with the agenda on global warming. So it goes on and on. Anything the, the regime doesn't like that you say, they're going to use big tech to police. Ben, good of you to join. Thanks so much. Oh, it's a pleasure. All right, we've got some great stories for you up next in Quick Hits. Stay with us. Vice President Kamala Harris grossly distorts a part of the abortion debate. And former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, also former Harvard president, remember him from the Social Network movie? He says a recession's coming, and he's probably right. We'll talk about this right now in Quick Hits. Uh, if you're looking for astute constitutional analysis, no, no, analysis of any kind. Kamala Harris is not the person you're going to want to turn to. Kamala Harris has been a remarkably inept vice president, even by Democrat standards. They can't even prop her up and make it seem like she really knows what she's doing. So there are clear issues at play with Kamala Harris uh, on any level of analysis. Um, but here she is telling everybody that abortion, now she's putting on the theologian's robe, if you will or I guess theologian hat, priest's robe, whatever. Uh, she's saying on the issue of abortion, no one has to abandon their faith when it comes to killing babies. Watch. So we're going to see. I've, I've been convening, I've convened faith leaders. And, you know, for, for those of us of faith, I think that we, we agree, many of us, that there's nothing about this issue that will require anyone to abandon their faith or change their faith. It's simply saying that the government should not have the ability to decide what an individual does with her own body. What about vaccine shots? I mean, I'm just wondering, think, of, think about how dishonest this stupid argument is that she's making. You should be able to decide what to do with your own body. First of all, there's another body inside the body. That's the whole point. And that's the beauty of being a mother and the miracle of life that occurs during your pregnancy. But even beyond that, they're making an argument about how you should just have bodily autonomy when it comes to the government. Oh, unless it comes to getting lots of shots in your arm, and then that argument doesn't apply anymore. Uh, it's all nonsense. Just grotesquely dishonest, but that's what the Democrat Party's become has been for a while, unfortunately. Larry Summers, the former Obama Treasury Secretary, is out there while the Biden regime primary talking point is there's no recession, it's going to be fine, it's not inevitable. That's what they keep saying. Larry Summers is like, uh, actually, yeah, there's probably going to be a recession. 
I think all the precedents point uh, towards a recession, a recession, Chuck. If you look at a whole range of indicators, if you look at what's happened in markets, if you look at the relative levels of interest rates of different durations, if you look at surveys of consumer uh, expectations, and if you look at the simple fact that what drives inflation is supply and demand. Supply doesn't change that fast. And so mostly what you need to do to reduce inflation is reduce demand. And that is a very hard process to control. And so it usually leads to a recession. Ah, usually leads to a recession. Indeed, it does. By the way, in Wisconsin, a first grade teacher led students in a pledge of allegiance to the Pan-African flag. Watch. And one. Face up. On the count of three. One, two, three. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the Afro-American people. Under God, I will protect freedom. Seek peace, honor our ancestors, and encourage and support the development and prosperity of people of African descent. You may be seated. Never seen that before. Interesting. Yeah. And then there's Dr. Fauci, who still thinks that anyone should listen to him for any reason whatsoever. And he's worried about all the untruths out there. Watch this one. What we do have is something that's very disturbing in this country is what I refer to as the normalization of untruths. There's so much distortion of reality and conspiracy theories that are spread widely by social media, where, you know, social media can have a positive impact on society by spreading important, productive information but when you get total uh, untruths and act quietly, quite frankly, lies and absolute crazy distortions of reality that get picked up, spread through the social media. He's just the absolute worst. He really is. That's everything tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is next. Fields high. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to supporting our nation's first responders and veterans, heroes who put their lives on the line for our communities and our country, heroes like U.S. Army Major Jonathan Turnbull. Major Turnbull sustained devastating injuries at the hands of an ISIS suicide bomber, the complete loss of his left eye, a puncture to his right eye, 
He needed more than 20 surgeries and countless hours of rehabilitation. Tunnel to Towers paid off his mortgage and gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his needs. He moves around his home more easily now. His home also gives him hope. With help from people like you, the foundation supports families like the Turnbulls. Join Tunnel to Towers in supporting America's heroes, our nation's catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and the families of fallen first responders. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.